Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Woohoo! All right, let's, let's open up in prayer. Amen. Father, I need you. I need you to speak, Lord. I need you to flow through me. And Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you get the message across, God, that you speak through me. And I pray that the people get to hear what you want to say, Lord, and not what they think, and not, especially not what the enemy thinks. So, God, I pray for the spirit of truth to just clear the airway, God, and, and to actually back the word preached, God, with signs following and transform people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, my name is Lee, if you didn't catch that. And I I will answer to Alex as well. It's hit a point where I don't even bother anymore. I've accepted, I know what you're trying to say, so I will just keep talking to you until I figure out you really do want Alex and which I will tell you. So hello, Pastor Alex and Pastor Jess, by the way. They are camping in the middle of this rain. So I hope you guys are well. Uh, hello to everyone else that's watching online. Uh, yes, so hey, help us by, by sharing this if, you, um, if you're able to. Praise God. All right, all right. How you all doing? Good? I've got a, I've got a heavy word today. It's not that heavy, but uh, a serious word. Who here believes that that Jesus heals the sick? Lift up your hand. Okay. Who here believes that Jesus forgives sins? Yes. Well, I'm here to tell you that. The cross actually offers more than that. Isn't that good? It's like a giant buffet. You know, you can have the entree, you can have the garlic bread, you can have spring rolls, but there's more. You know, you go to the pasta bar, which is great. It's designed that way to get you filled up on carbohydrate. Uh, but you got to keep going. Then usually there's the meat bar. Hallelujah. <laughs> then you get the seafood bar. And then you get the dessert, and you get the salad. But they put all the, the, the cheaper stuff at the front. But I'm trying to say that the gospel offers more. Did you know that when Jesus died on a cross, he actually fixes everything? you believe that? So it's not just the forgiveness of sin, although it is the forgiveness of sin. But there's more. Yeah? It is healing the sick, but there's more. But I'm going to touch something else that Jesus paid for. And I find that this is not so well understood. Okay? So I've actually been meditating upon um, the word sin. Um, There's actually three words for sin that is used in the Bible. And it's translated as, as sin, which is the Hebrew word kata. There's a second word called trespass, which is the word pesha, which means rebellion. 
And then there's a third word called avon, which is iniquity. Um, since we don't have any kids' church at the moment, I thought I'd shorten it down because uh, I just don't want to go too long and the place gets a little bit too wild. But this is why we appreciate this. this you know, the Bible says there's part of us that are unseen, that are more important. Well, Pastor Jess looks after the children's church, and today we get to appreciate how important she is. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. Since we are talking about sin, why don't you turn to your neighbor? No, just kidding, just kidding, kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Make you laugh because I'm going about to stab. <laughs> just, just have a poker face today. Don't look down. No, I'm not going to be. It's not going to be bad. It's not going to be bad. But I need to tell the truth. The reason. For that is for too long. The church have been, um, like the spirit of the world has been pushing and the church have been bowing down and now the world is like going to hell in a handbasket. And it's getting really, really silly. Um, so we're going to start addressing this. I'm going to put a foot down and just say, you know what, the Word of God is the Word of God. But I want us to just understand because... Um, when we talk about these sensitive issues going forward, I just want us to understand that there are members of this church whose families are struggling with this. And so I just want us to just think like that. So it's like when we talk about it, just remember there's pe- there could be people here that having same-sex attraction and struggling with that, or they've got family members who is, or they've got family members who's thinking about transition and, and are confused about their gender, so I just want us to, as we go forward, to think about that, okay? So it's like, imagine it's your family member or someone you love dearly. So it's just, we're going to hit it, but we also want to be gentle about it and, and caring for these people, okay? You're good? All right, I'm going to, just listen to me. I'm going to read to you. Matthew 13, verse 47 to 51. Verse 47, thank you, Mike. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew to shore, and they sat down and gathered the good into the vessels, but threw the bad away. Listen to that. So a fisherman casts a dragnet, pulls everything in, right? Then they go to the shore, and then they sorted it out. They threw the bad ones away. Listen. So we'll be among the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Verse 51, And Jesus said to them, Have you understood all of these things? <clears throat> the reason I preach the way I preach is because I read the Bible. And when I read the Bible, I see what I see. I know that there's people that have told Pastor Alex, like, we, we can't stay in this church. You guys are too hard on sin. <clears throat> I don't think we are. We're not beating you guys up with it. We're not trying to condemn. But I'm, but I'm kind of weary because if you have a problem with this, you don't actually have a problem with us or this church. You have a problem with God. Yeah. 
And I say again, you much rather get your toes stepped on now and feel uncomfortable rather than to meet Jesus at the end. And the angels will look at you and go, that's a bad one, and throw you away. Now, having said that, I want to tell you this. If you know my background, I came from, uh, I used to be a drug addict, uh, selling drugs. And so I met Jesus in the basement of a car park because I was getting arrested. And in that moment, God took away my, my drug addiction. That's probably like 1% or 2% of the amount of sin that I was delving into. So he took that away, but about 99% of my sin is still there. Are you following me? And as time goes on, he rips things out. He removes things. He shows me things. And as I lay those things down, I get closer and closer to his image and his likeness. And even I asked my wife, I said, hey, have I, have I changed in your opinion? And she says, compared to you 10 years ago, it's like night and day. It's like you've, you've changed a lot. And that's a good sign. <laughs> Not trying to, but like even right now, God is, like recently there, we did this survey. I'm sure Pastor Alex has mentioned it to you that, um, like, you know, it's about gift things. And I scored very high in evangelism high in prophetic, high in teaching, but my mercy level was about nine out of like, I don't know, 30, which is pretty bad. Um, I went away with that and I, and I take it to God. I say, hey God, you know, this, I know that's what I am. That's probably about right. Uh, but it's not, I'm not happy with that. So let's deal with it. And God began to, to deal with it. And he gave me some strategies and we're dealing with that. So the point I'm trying to make is, that even though I had that massive encounter where God zapped me out of a drug addiction in a second, there are still things that I walk out of. Are you following me? So you can be dealing with things as long as you're walking out of it. And so I don't want it to be like some people are self-condemned that they can't hear this stuff. And this is the reason why. Like if you believe, if you don't believe that God loves you, Hearing the word of righteousness will, will be condemning to you. You just feel like God hates you because you, you believe God hates you before I said anything. Right, complex trauma. You believe you are worthless before I said anything. So that's why when I read these words, you'll immediately think that God hates you. But that's the truth. If you believe the Son of God, right, if you are His Son, you can just run around the church and go, hey, Dada, and then just run off. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. He's just like, hey, it's my dad. It's like, I'm having fun. All good. But that's what it is. If you believe that you are loved by God, you won't feel condemned. Are you with me? All right. Then I'm going to just quickly read through Galatians 5. Are you ready? This is not the, the, the message. Galatians 5, verse 13 to 25. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Say, freedom. freedom. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. Through love, serve one another. Yes, all right. For the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbors yourself. 
But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lasts against the Spirit, and the Spirit lasts against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so, that, so you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are, under, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such thing will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with his passion and desires. If we are in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. I'll summarize that. You can't remain in sin. Right? Verse 21, it says, Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It also appears in Ephesians 5, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, in Jude. And so it's more than once that it appears. Basically, God is telling you, you cannot remain in sin. Okay? All right, now we're going to get to the, to the sermon. Can I get the, my PowerPoints, please? <clears throat> Today's sermon is called To Follow Jesus. Next slide. Hallelujah. All right. The word sin actually means to miss the mark. And this is the usage. In the book of Judges, uh, chapter 20, verse 15 to 16, it says, And from their cities at that time, the children of Benjamin numbered 26,000 men who drew the sword, besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who numbered 700 select men. Among all these people were 700 select men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at their hair's breadth and not miss. Next slide. The word miss there is the word kata which can be translated as sin. Right, miss, kata, you can look it up for those of you who are who just really wants to get into it. H2398, it means to miss, to miss the mark, to miss the way, to miss the goal of path of right and duty. Right, the word itself is pretty cute, miss the mark. It's not that hard. But the first usage of it is when Cain killed Abel. Sin crouches at the door and his desires for you, but don't let him in. But Cain allows sin to enter in and then it gives birth to murder. Okay, so the word is cute, but the application is pretty nasty. It's missed the mark. Next slide. In the New Testament, we get Romans 3 verse 23. For all have sinned. And fallen short out of the glory of God. The word there is hamartano. Next slide, please. Hamartano. To miss the mark, to miss the target, to sin. So in the Old Testament and New Testament, the words 
Sin means to miss the mark, to miss the target. So the question is, what is the target? What are we supposed to be aiming at? And in Genesis, I think about four, it says, Cain killed Abel and Cain sinned. So murder is missing the mark. We've got one clue. I don't have time to really elaborate on it, uh, but you get the idea. Next slide, please. I just said it. So next slide. Aha. I wish I had a laser pointer. But next slide, please. Oh, no. In Joshua 8, verse 32, and it says, And he wrote there upon the stones, a com- oh, come out of the law of the Moses, I don't know what happened there, which he wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. The word law there, next slide, is the word Torah, right? Now, the Torah has a base word called Yara, which is H3384. Next slide, please. So Yara, the way you, I've been getting into the Hebrew letters, by the way, it is uh, an amazing language. And its usage, it's a bit, little bit like Chinese because Chinese uses character and each character actually has its own story. So when you combine the characters, like it has a deeper meaning. So the word Yara is spelled Yud Resh Hey. If you were here last week, we talked about, I shared about how the word uh, for the name of God is Yahweh, right? The name of God that he reveals to Moses is Yahweh, which is I am that I am. But the way to spell it is Yud, He, Vav, He, right? Which means look at the hand, look at the nail. Hello, which points to Jesus. So you get the word Yud, which is, uh, we get the word He, which is behold, you get the word resh, which is a prince, but it's a bent over prince. The word son in Hebrew is the word bar, which is beth and resh. So beth is house, and then resh, which is the prince. So out of so it's a prince that comes from the house, which is son. So the word hey resh yod and the word yod is a hand that is doing a mighty deed. The word resh is a prince. The word hey is to behold, to look. So if we put that all together, it says behold a prince that's doing a mighty things with his hand. So what is this thing that the prince is doing? If you put the word together, the word yara means to flow as water, to lay or to throw, to shoot, especially an arrow, and figuratively to point out. So it's like a teacher that is pointing away. Are you with me? Next slide. Now the word Torah, it means directions, instructions of the law. It is the first five books of Moses, even the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament. The word Torah means a teacher pointing a direction for the students telling us where the target is. Are you following me so far? Next slide. The way to spell Torah 
is Tav Vav Resh Hey, which is actually those letters there, but it goes from right to left. The word Hey is the word Behold. The word Resh is a prince. The word Vav is a nail, an iron, uh, an iron hook or a tent peg. And then the word Tav in the ancient day is a cross. So you put all of that together, the word Torah means behold the prince that is nailed onto the cross. So Torah tells us where to go. The Torah paints a target. Sin is to miss the target. Jesus said, I am the target. Behold the prince that is nailed onto the cross. I believe what happens is in the ancient days, the tav is a cross, but these days it's been changed. I believe that the, somewhere along the way that the Jews figured out that the Christians were claiming this too much and then they started changing things. And I believe that this is also the reason why they don't want to say the word, I, like the name of God as I am. Now they, they say Adonai, which is master. They say Hashem, the name. I believe they're trying to veil it up. There's a spirit out there that's trying to hide this from us. But in the ancient days, you can look it up. The word Tav there is the cross. So how amazing is that? Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Torah shows us where to walk, where to go. Sin is missing the mark. Jesus says, I am the mark. I am the way. I am the truth. Thank you for a couple of people that's excited. So this is the message. Jesus have not, in Matthew 5 verse 17, it says, Jesus have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill, because to fulfill the law, you need Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. Once you go through the cross, you have to keep following the cross. You have to keep following Jesus. As he says, I'm the way. And so this is what we must do to get out of sin. To get out, If you want to get out of sin, you have to keep following Jesus. Jesus, because sin, it, by definition, is to go the wrong way. So if you're not going the wrong way, you're not following Jesus. So if you're not following Jesus, you're sinning. Are you with me? If you're not following Jesus, you're still in sin. If you're still in sin, you could die, as in the eternal separation from God. Because the Bible said so, right? We saw at the start. It says that the angels we gather forth at the end of the age and see with the good and the bad fish. But this is what happens. Before salvation, we have, our, we have our back turned towards God and towards the world. We were in sin. I was in drugs. I was living for myself. I was in every kind of sin that I could indulge in and I could pay for. And then I, I, I beg, borrow and steal some more that, you know, to get into that sin. But the beautiful thing about my life is that I got arrested. I really destroyed myself. And so I didn't want to remain in sin. And I wondered how I can get out of it. 
And as I was getting arrested, I said, God, if you're real, this is it. And then he came and he revealed himself to me. And I turned around because up until that stage, I didn't know who else to turn to. If you're trying to turn away from sin without turning to God, you'll, you'll just go back to another sin. Right? There's only one way out. There's only one way out. And his name is Jesus. And so <clears throat> at the point of salvation, I turned around and I start following God. When I start following God, I told you, I'm not perfect. But he who practices righteousness is righteous. Righteousness is a practice. There's a, there's a quote by this man by the name of Malcolm Gladwell. He says, practice isn't the thing you do once you're good. It is the thing that you do that makes you good. Who here have learned a sport? Yeah. If you're learning tennis, at the start, you're going to be pretty bad, right? You don't even know how to hold the, the racket. You don't know how to do forearm, don't know how to do back. But the key to getting better is you just got to keep hitting the ball. You got to keep being out there. You got to keep practicing. And over time, you'll get better. That's the same way with Christianity. God doesn't demand absolute perfection straight away. He demands that you, you turn around and you to follow him. And as you follow him, you can stumble. I stumble many times. And I said it to someone recently, Christianity is a relationship. To have a relationship means there's another person that's walking with you doing this. And I, like there was a season in my life where I even tempt God. I say, I push the envelope. I find out what, what is sin, what is not. And it hit a point where God came to me and he showed me that he's not happy with what I was doing. And then figuratively, he pulled out the wooden spoon and started smacking me in the bottom. <laughs> so coming out of that, I can tell you firsthand that there are things you can do. And if you're beginning to go into death, God, the loving God will come and tell you what that is. And if you're not listening, he might start doing things to you to get your attention. And then he will burn it out of you because he loves you that much. So salvation is just not you trying to be good. There's a God out there who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And he will work in you and through you. But if you're stubborn like me, sometimes he will speak through your flesh to get your attention. But the end result is always good. Are you with me? I'm going to read to you from 1 John chapter 3. Actually, I'm going to go there. See so if you've got your Bible, 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to go from verse 4 till verse 9. The first John is where we get God is love. All right, everyone can quote that, God is love. But 1 John also says this, whoever commits sin also commit lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. And you, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sin has neither seen him or known him. Verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, 
just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been of God does not sin, for his seed remain in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. I'm going to read to you 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Who himself bore our sin in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Get this, get this. I asked you in the beginning, do you believe that God healed the sick? Everyone says, yes. But I want to tell you that that is not the only thing that he did on the cross. That just like he broke the power of sicknesses over your life, he also broke the power of sin. If you've been healed, why am I still sick? If you are, Jesus paid the price for your healing. If you are sick, you can claim on that power and you tell it to go. Everyone understood that big. We're, we're, we're charismatic, we're Pentecostal, we're fire church. But God wants you to know in 1 Peter 2.24, the same verse that says you have been healed also says that you are dead to sin. The power of sin has been broken over your life just like the power of sicknesses have been broken over your life. So if you are sick, you can say, thank you, Lord, for your healing power. I claim this power. I command sicknesses to go. And after a while, right, sometimes it goes straight away. Sometimes it takes months. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes you just struggle to get rid of it. But you keep believing. You keep meditating. You keep confessing. You ask. You come forward for prayer. And then we've been seeing healings, right? That's the, that's the theological foundation. But one thing that we hardly understand is that God can also do that to the sin of your life. He broke the power of sin over your life so that you don't need to sin. It's not that you can't. It's that you don't need to. Just like you don't need to be sick. If you don't understand this, you will sit under it. Just like there's people out there in, in churches who doesn't believe in divine healing who get sick and just go, well, it's the will of God. Because if you don't believe that you can be free from it, you'll sit under it. And so I want to tell you today that the power of sin is broken over your life. This is the true meaning of righteousness by faith. Some people think righteousness is just like a covering. And then there's this old saying, I know we, it's beginning to die. But he says, I'm a sinner saved by grace. If you're a sinner saved by grace, then you haven't gone through the cross. Because Romans 6, he says, you are, when, you, when you join the cross, when you go, you go through baptism, you join into his death. You join into his burial. And you are joined into his resurrection. So that now there is a transformation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. Thank you, Jesus. So this is what I'm saying. 
that in the beginning you're facing the world, you're facing sin, you're facing the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And when you turn around towards Jesus, you go through the cross first. And in that cross, you are set free from sin. It's like, it's like being in a prison, right? And then and God opens the prison door and then He goes, follow me and walk out. If you do not follow Jesus, you will remain in that prison. The prison that you've been set free from. Having said that, sometimes there are demons there that doesn't want to let go. So this is where you need prayer to a trusting brothers and sisters, to your pastors, to the prayer team, someone who you can tell these things and keep it confidential but pray with you. Because sometimes it's like when God gave the, the promised land to the children of Israel in the Old Testament, the Bible says there are giants in those lands, right? And you have to fight them and overcome them. When I first got saved, God set me free out of a drug addiction, but I still had all of the giants there. And it was overwhelming because I saw all these enemies. I was sick. I had issues. And, and it was overwhelming so that I chose to fight just one enemy at a time because to trying to fight all of them simultaneously is too much. You can't take on those giants. And they've been there for a long time and some have, are even there for generations. And you watch your mum and dad and you're like, oh, they, they got you too. You can see it in their life. It's like, yep, that, that demon is there. Oop. And then find out that it's in, in your grandfather, your grandmother. But they're not Christians, you see. But now you can take the promises of God and you will say, I'm going to go and kill those giants. All right? Because I want my promised land. And get this, get this, get this. Moses represents the law, right? The Bible says in Galatians, it says, the law is a tutor that leads us to Christ. Moses died, and who did he give it to? Who did he give Israel to? Joshua. You know, Joshua is a Greek word. It's a Greek word in an Old Testament. You know what his name in, in Hebrew is? Yeshua. It's Jesus. The law can take you out of the Old Testament, but it can't take you into the promised land. The law kills you and takes you out. It's Jesus that takes you in. Again, again. In the Old Testament, there's this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. The thing that represents the law is the tablets, right? Uh, Moses went up to the mountain and God gave him the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Do you know what they put into the Ark of the Covenant? The two tablets, the staff of Aaron, and then the manna. You know the Ark of the Covenant, it actually is the same word as a coffin, We learned that the word Torah is behold the prince that is now onto the cross and is represented by the two tablets of the law. God commanded Moses to put the two tablets of the law inside a coffin.
foreshadowing that Jesus was going to die, nail on the cross and then put in a coffin. And out of that comes the mercy seat where the blood is sprinkled. And there you find the forgiveness of sin. And above that sits the glory of God. For a lot of you guys are like, what the heck did you just say? My favorite book when I first got saved was this uh, Josh McDowell. And it has, all, it has listed the 300 predictions of, um, of Jesus. I actually list them. But as I start playing around with the Hebrew letters, those types and shadows are just increasing by when every word points to Jesus, it just blows your mind. Jesus says, you search the law and you search the scripture looking for life, but they speak about me. He wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. When he is embedded into the alphabet of the Hebrew alphabet, it's just, it blows your mind. So this is what I want to do. The Torah tells us where to go. The Torah points in a direction. The Torah gives us instruction. The word sin, is, it means to not follow that instruction. Then Jesus come along and goes, I am the fulfillment of the Torah. Unless you go through me, you cannot fulfill the Torah and you will still be in your sin. If you're still in your sin, the wrath of God still abides in you and you're going to go into an eternal separation forever and ever. So this is what I'm trying to say. Can I get every head bow, eyes closed? Can I get the worship team to come up the front? Who here have not given their life to Jesus Because if you don't go through Jesus, the Bible said so, you will still be in your sins. But Jesus has come to set us free from sin, sickness, death, and therefore the wrath of God. God not only takes away His wrath but leaves you sinful, He washes you from sin. He breaks the power of sin. So if that's you, can I get you to lift up your hand please? And just say, hey, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. Thank you, ma'am. Wow, thank you, Lord. Who else? I see you. See you at the back. God bless you. Another one. Wow, praise the Lord. Thank you. I see you too at the back. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Isn't this amazing? Some people say, Lee, you Christian, you, you have blind faith. He goes, I don't have blind faith. As you dig into the Scriptures, I'm finding out more and more mind-blowing clues that couldn't have been made any other way. The God of the universe put His signature to let me know that He exists, then that He is the God of the Bible. I'm just getting covered in goosebumps right now. Can I invite you right now? The Bible says that we are to declare His goodness and to be His witness. If you've given your life to Jesus, can I invite you to come up the front? Because if, if you can't do it inside of a church building, then it's going to be hard for you to bear witness outside of the building.
would you be so brave enough and say, you know what, Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me. I'm actually going to stand up for you and just be counted amongst your membership, amongst the congregation. So if you can do that, can you please come forward? Can you please just turn to your neighbor? Hey, say, did you? Did you? Thank you, ma'am. Can you just turn to your neighbor and say, hey, did you give your life to the Lord? And would you like to come back? Come up the front. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. There was a couple of more. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, if you're too shy, I would love to walk up the front with you. Just turn to your neighbor and say, hey, would you like to come up the front with me? And just take them. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. Can I get the prayer team to come up the front, please? Prayer team, Mike, come up the front. Bless you, Mike. One last chance. Are you following Jesus? Can you see his fingerprint? Behold the prince that is now onto a cross. To me, I was like, get out of here. It's like, oh my goodness. Talking about sprinkling clues. This is because he loves you so much. And get this, get this. You're not only a forgiven sinner, you get adopted from today onward. You become sons and daughters of God. Just like you saw my little boy before, just as I'm preaching, just come out the front. Hey, Dada. You can walk up to God and just say, Hey, God. It's not through your prayers, it's through Jesus Christ. All right, let's, let's just, everyone, stretch forth your hand and we're just going to repeat this prayer. Just like, Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the fulfillment of the Torah. Thank you for the clues. Thank you for the signs telling me you are the God of the universe. So today I accept you. I accept your cross. And today I choose to follow you. Touch me right now and make me brand new in the name of Jesus. Why don't we give them a round of applause? I'm just going to pray for these people. Let's stretch forth your hand. Father, I just pray right now, God, that you break away everything, every shackle, every prison, everything that's holding them back right now, God. Set them free right now in Jesus' name. Father, baptize them in the spirit of sonship, God, which cries out, Abba, Father. Let them know right now, God, that they are sons and daughters. Mike, just lay hands on them. Just lay hands on them. Just go touch them. Lord, I just pray right now, God, you break away every condemnation. You break away every sin. God, thank you that from today onward, they are brand new creation, God. All things have passed away. All things have become new. So God, I pray these people and I bless them right now in Jesus' Name. Woo, why don't we give this a round of applause. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.